There we go. Mic check. Never, never. Never, never. I root. I root. Oh my god. I saw. What? Calm down. Warning, this is a paranormal, true crime, and conspiracy podcast. Some of the content we cover can be extremely graphic, vulgar, and triggering. Please remember to take care of yourself. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, podcast besties. Hi, besties. How are we flipping doing? Welcome. Welcome to our humble abode. Our humble abode. That is the Isn't that old podcast. podcast. And we are your hosts. I am Brianna. And I am Paul. And this is an all things spooky pod. (laughs) (laughs) This is a very special episode for you. This is a Massachusetts folklore episode. Welcome. Numero uno. Yeah, we're doing something very different today. And you are getting folklore in two parts. Two, 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 two parts. Insert As many of you know, we are mass holes at heart, born and raised Massachusetts natives, and we have gotten a few recommendations to just talk about specifically Massachusetts folklore, because this part of the country is really fucking old for no reason. Yeah, so, part of the 13 original colonies. Spirit of Massachusetts. Hell the yeah. Spirit of America. That's not Family Guy. Have you ever seen that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, so you know, there's I mean? a lot of history, history around these ports. Yep. So we figured we would dive into some of them. And uh, while we were doing said notes, Brianna and I found out that both of our parts are very long. So we could give you a two plus hour episode, but instead we decided to split it in half and make you wait. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. So it's a twofer right now, but it's also going to be maybe a, a threesome, a foursome, a fivesome, a sixsome. Yeah, there's a lot of um, sums, sums <laughs> that we could do here. Um, some people decided to not come to our orgy. That. <laughs> Yeah, some people decided to not show up. They RSVP'd and then they didn't come, which is like... Yeah, so we have a rain date with them, so we'll see if that happens. Yeah. I don't know where this is going. But yeah, basically, there's just a lot we could do, so expect more. A part three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, I should 11, say now that we're talking about this, if you have any specific Massachusetts folklore that you want us to talk about, um, hit us up. You could, uh, you could email us specifically, but I would love it if you would take advantage of our google forms that we have for the submissions i would love if you would use that yeah yeah, do that yeah. uh so this episode is going to feature part one you get me you're welcome <laughs> so part one is going to be my mass folklore story and background and then come back for part two later on whether that's next episode or a few episodes online we haven't decided yet we'll keep you on your toes yeah, for brianna's part Yeah, and then we decided to take a quick pause because my stupid ass was very loud. So sorry about that. And I Um, was also very quiet. We fixed it. I'm just further away from the (laughs) mic. So yeah, you get part one today with me and then you come back later for part two with Miss Brianna. Yep. And your life will just be complete. Full circle moment. Love that for us. Yeah. And for you. 
for us. Yeah, and we have some other exciting uh, plans coming the for the near future. In but the those works. are our secrets. You can't say it. Yeah, so we're not going to let you know, but uh, you'll find out. Yeah, you'll love it, though. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, um, this episode's coming out first, so Paul's going on vacation soon, actually. So pretty soon... Um, I was just thinking, you know, it'd be really fun if while you're on vacation, if we do like a where is Paul thing on social media, or if you just like randomly post things about what you're doing while you're on vacation, I think that'd be funny on the socials if you just like randomly post one day and you're just like, here's where I am. <laughs> you're just like, like a where's Waldo, but it's like, where's Paul? And then people Should just I just take like, uh, like a really close up shot of something that kind of tells you, but kind of don't. And you yeah. have to guess where I am. And just have people just like guess where you are. Yeah. I was like thinking about that while I was going to sleep last night. I was like, that'd be Except really f- you can't play because you have my location. Also, yeah. And then like, cause I went on vacation, but I didn't go anywhere. I just took time. So I'll work, take a picture somewhere of like the corner of Cinderella's castle. And then you just be like, <laughs> he's at Magic Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> it would be because you're looking at my thing. Big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think that'd be funny if people got to play along with that. Cause you're going to yeah. be going on vacation, but yeah. Okay. So Maybe. we'll see. We'll see how I feel. Other than that, um, I haven't seen you for a few days. Well, a longer than a few days. So how are you? Um, okay. I, hmm. I've been in a weird mental blur for no real rhyme or reason. I think it's just one of those times. I relate to that on a spiritual level. Um, cause I really don't have, I mean, hmm. <laughs> I want to say, I don't want to say too much. So, but I, there are some aspects of my life that I'm rather unhappy-ish about. It's so, it's funny because I watched a video on TikTok that was like talking about comfortable complacency. Is that the word I'm looking for? So essentially like if something's going really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously it's going great. Like you don't want it to change. Like you keep going with it. Yeah. If something's going really bad, obviously you have the motivation to fix it, and you're going to fix it one way or another because it's just that bad. Mm-hmm. But then there's that middle ground where you just stagnant. It's not great, but it's also not enough to fully motivate you to mm-hmm. fix it asap. So mm-hmm. it's just like that comfortable kind of. You're just. Um, complacent i don't know if that's what i'm i don't fucking know but you're essentially just comfortable enough where you are mm-hmm. where you don't like it but it's also not enough to drive you to fix it asap mm-hmm. and i feel like that's just where i am mm. because if it's i mean granted things could be a lot worse mm-hmm I could be in a situation where I have to do a lot more and things could be a lot worse. Like my situation. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a very specific thing, but I'm trying to say it without saying it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I know Brianna knows. But it's also not to the point where I need to rush out the door. Literally like me. Yeah. So it's weird. Yeah. Because I'm becoming... I'm, becoming aware of it more and i'm just like damn i really am in that middle ground what i think what i think you're describing is that was me when i used to work at um dunkin donuts is i was just like stuck in a rut and i felt like i was very like stagnant and like i wasn't i mean granted i hate what i hated working at dunkin donuts but i did love like the fast paceness of it so i felt like i was just like stuck in a rut for so long and i was just like i really need like something new i need some like fresh 
a fresh set of eyes i need like a fresh just like a complete reset like a whole cleanse if you would like a just a, a revamp of, of something but yeah sometimes you just have to let like change isn't always bad i feel like change right i feel like change is like really scary and like you know me, I'm a control freak. Like, <laughs> I'm the first person who doesn't like change because, like, if I don't have any control over what's going on, I'm going to, like, throw the fuck up. Fair. But, like, change is really good at the end of the day. And, like, I'm going through some shit right now. And let me tell you, I cried, like, three times the other day because I'm just so overwhelmed. But, like, at the end of the day, I'm going to just thug it out and get through it. But I did cry the other day because one of the customers that came into work <laughs> couldn't get a knee replacement and it just pushed me over the edge. And it was just... <laughs> it just pushed me over the edge and I started sobbing at work but that is just me as a person so fair enough but yeah other yeah, than that so I was I was curious so I looked up to make sure I was saying it is comfortable complacency it's a comfortable complacency paradox um, and essentially refers to the phenomenon in which individuals settle for less than they deserve simply because they are comfortable with their current situation even if it's not making them happy or fulfilled which I can say is absolutely true in my sense. <laughs> yeah, so that's just that's essentially where I'm sitting. I've I think it's just more so because I've hit a wall in this step mm-hmm. of my development journey and development and there's no clear path of progression. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just left on that unfulfilled part and the unfulfilled part is making me um kind of bleeding into the unhappy part mm-hmm. preach that's where i'm sitting that's where that's how i am <laughs> i've just become very like hyper aware of it for some reason this week so that's just like what i've been stuck on mentally but realistically nothing's terrible mm-hmm. it's just i'm trying to figure out what to do with the rest of my life <laughs> everything happens for a reason i was in therapy before like everything that happened this weekend happened before shit hit the fan i was in therapy and i was talking to lauren she's an icon we know we love lauren oh my god before we get on this thing side tangent i told lauren i talk about her all the time on the podcast and like one lauren doesn't listen to the podcast because she just like respects um like the boundary to not listen to it Mm -hmm. until i tell her that she can just because i get very vulnerable on the podcast a lot right i get vulnerable Mm -hmm. with her but like I don't know. She just, like, won't listen until I yeah. tell her that she can. And so I told her that I talk about her a lot on the podcast. And I'm like, I call you an icon all the time. Like, I talk about you all the time. <laughs> and so she was like, I love that. <laughs> She's like, I hope that, like, people are taking my advice that you're, like, slowly giving them, you know? And, like, I hope that people are, like, taking it. And I'm just like, yeah, me too. But yeah, anyway. I wish she would take me. <laughs> Hi, Lauren. <laughs> But anyway, um, we were talking about how, like, I'm kind of, I was kind of feeling like that in life, just, like, with, like, going back to school for interior design and just, like, like, because just school is just, like, so expensive. So I'm like, at the end of the day, is it worth it for me to put all this money into something that, like, when I was coming out of high school, I was really passionate in it. And I still am really passionate in it. But, like, is it is it something that I'm, like, passionate enough to put all this money into? Mm-hmm. And, like, we've kind of had this conversation before where I was kind of, like, going back and forth in it because... Yeah. I do have a lot of talent in a lot of different things because I have a million different hobbies. So there's a lot of different things that I could do in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking to her about that. And then, like, I used um, the idea of, like, starting a bakery as, like, a like kind of like a thing. I was like... A bakery? Yeah. Like, I'm not... First of all, let me just say I'm not going to start a bakery. I just used it as an idea. Oh. Yeah. I thought you were wanting to. And I was like, interesting. Andrew wants to open one. Maybe you should tag team. I really do want to 
I would love to work in a bakery because you know how much I love to bake. I'm like, I'm making cookies. And I come with fucking many You and cookies. Andrew should just partner up. Though. Many cookies. The thing is, is I don't want to... I don't want to... I don't know how to word it. I want to work in the bakery. I want to like be in charge. I do not want to own it. Yeah, so Andrew will open it and you can be his manager. I would love to be the manager. Yeah. I don't want to be in charge when things break. <laughs> like, I don't want to own it. I don't want to like be that financially invested because one, it's a lot of money and all that kind of stuff. But I want to like do the baking. I want to like make everything. I want to be in charge. Like, I want to be like the face of the bakery. I just don't own it. Yeah, so... <laughs> like, it can be Andrew's bakery... I'll be the co-owner, so we'll just hire you to be our manager, so you can take care of it, and mm-hmm. we don't have to. Yeah, and, and when guys, something breaks, you make help, and I'm like, okay. you guys are just like the money, and like you guys are everything else. And it could, <laughs> we're just funding Brianna's. No, and it could literally be your bakery. Like you guys can come up with like the name, and then like I will just like come up with like the concept of it. You, but it can be your name. It could be everything else. But like I literally just don't want to have. To pay that much. Because you know how much money it is to start a bakery? So much fucking money. But, like, I could literally handle, like, the baking of it, the, all that kind of stuff. Because, like, you've had my stuff. I can fucking bake my mm-hmm. ass off. But, so, I brought that up to her because I was, like, literally, I love doing that. And, like, it just makes me feel happy to do that stuff. Like, it's a labor of love. I love doing yeah. it. And so, we we're talking about that. And I was, like, I could truly just do that. And, like, I could just be, like, fucking tier design. Like, even though it's something I love. But, like... I don't have to go to school for it. I could just, like, do it for, like... I mean, if we open, if we op- were to open, like, a cafe and bakery thing, you could just do the interior exactly. designing of that. And then I could, like, still, like, design, like, your house. I could design other people's houses, like, as a side thing and not even have to, like, go and, like, be, like, certified and, like, work in firms and things like that. So it's, like, I don't know. It's just a big thing that we were talking about that, like, life doesn't have to go the way you planned it and you're allowed to change your mind, basically. It's the point that I'm making is what we talked about. You're allowed to change your mind and you're yeah. allowed to adapt and change your perspective and that's something that i'm learning i'm only 25 and i'm like i think i'm so far behind in life and i don't know why but like i feel like i'm like 50 and i feel like i'm supposed to be at this certain point in my life but i'm still so young and that's i'm finally starting to accept that and it's just i don't know it's crazy i'm turning fucking 30 but you're still so much you're still i know i always tell you that you're old but it's always it's a joke you're still so young you still have so much time I'm old left. i have gray hair do you know that there's we're most likely our generation is going to live to like 150 huh i'm probably not going to live that long what do you mean live to 150 i'm not going to live that long you and everybody else will. What do you mean? I'm not. How do you going assume to. we're gonna live to 150? There's like there's like articles and stuff that like science and like our like our like lifespan is probably gonna be to like 150. Why? Because like the technology and modern medicine of the time. We have the technology. Yes. Listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to live to 150. You guys, all power to you. I'm not going to. <laughs> And that's the motherfucking team. I don't even know if I want to. (laughs) I don't want to. I signed up to at least, at least 60. After that, no. (laughs) There was always that thought as a kid where I was like, oh, I could live, you know, I would love to live for infinity, like forever. No. No. And then I think about it, I'm like, no, I I wouldn't. (laughs) No. The fact that I had to pay fucking taxes, absolutely not. If I had to do this forever, I wouldn't. <laughs> this isn't paying taxes? Actually, yeah. Did I tell you that I was fighting with Baby Row about that? He said something to me about how I'm not in charge. And I was like, do you pay taxes? Didn't think so. <laughs> he was just like, yeah, me do. I was like, you don't. <laughs> you don't pay taxes. <laughs> Fucking four-year-old trying to tell me he pays taxes. Okay. Let me see your pay stub. <laughs> he pays it in fruit snacks. 
He has to give one to to mom every time he has it. <laughs> he would he That's would not tax. share his fucking fruit snacks. <laughs> Stacia, if you're listening, I know you are. You should start implementing a tax on your kids' food and get them ready for the real world. Oh my god! Oh, you want that bag of fruit snacks? You got to give me two. That's your tax. Oh my god! <laughs> Stacia said, um, she said every time she like leaves the house, she always tells like Baby Rose she's going to work because like nine times a test she is going to work. Yeah. And Baby Rose was like, "Why do you have to go to work?" And Stacia's like, "Cause I need money." And so Baby Rose has started being like, "Give me ten dollars." <laughs> So he started, like, taxing her to, <laughs> to let go her to go work. to work. <laughs> oh, then you start taxing him for his food. Yep. <laughs> That's how it goes. Fair okay. is fair. You're Sorry for it. my uh, therapy side tangent, but, you know, that's just how it goes. Anyway, I will pass it over to my... What did I say the other week? I said my bestie with the bestie. <laughs> I think is what I you said. You said bestie with the best tea. <laughs> my bestie with the best tea. There we go. Yeah, and this tea We is... should put that on a hat. <gasps> Merch coming soon. TM, 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 TM. <laughs> Not the TM. <laughs> yeah, so like we said earlier, this is the beginning of our folklore. So all you people... I'm done. So the people that asked for it, Ego, this is all you. Um, and I'm kind of excited because there have been a few that have suggested mass folklore and have suggested mine specifically. So I hope I do it justice. And if not, I... If not, he did He did it amazing. I did it my best. So Bigfoot, UFOs, ghost sightings, strange sounds, cult activity. Amongst the list of many other paranormal events are well known around the world and can be found across various places from homes to forests and everything in between. If there is land, something will haunt it. But what if I was to say that these paranormal events can be found in a little snug triangle within a single state that could set you up for quite the ghost hunting adventure? It's the pause. <laughs> it, was, snug. it was me catching up with my words. It's a snug under a rug in a, a bug, bug under a snug rug in Massachusetts. If you were ever looking for a Pandora's box, you wouldn't have to look any further than in the state of, of course, Massachusetts. Because this is a Massachusetts folklore story, too. That's <laughs> <laughs> so fucking funny. <laughs> Quote, anything that you want to be in the triangle is in the triangle. Unquote. These words were said... In a 2013 documentary co-create... What the fuck did Coke. I just say? Coke. <laughs> Cocaine. <laughs> These words were said by a 2013 documentary co-creator, Aaron Cadeau, whose focus was on none other than the Bridgewater Triangle. I love it. Aaron himself quotes, I walked into the project probably like 99% skeptic and walked out of the project still like a 96. But... <laughs> That's you. Yes. That's you. <laughs> but there were a few things in the film that even me as a skeptic kind of had to take a step back and scratch my head. Unquote. Like 2% off. That is so me. It's so funny. I read that and I was like, me. I choked. <laughs> you said that. I was like, wait a second. So before I jump into everything to do with the Bridgewater Triangle, I will give a little background for those that aren't local or may not know about it like we do. Mm-hmm. 
The overall modern origin of the Bridgewater Triangle as a whole can be traced back to cryptozoologist Warren Coleman in his 1983 book, Mysterious America. In this book, he would go on to coin the term Bridgewater Triangle and establish its rough boundaries and identify some of its vast variety of occurrences and hotspots, even calling it a, quote, window area of unexplained occurrences, unquote. The triangle consists of an area that's about 200 square miles and consists of three points to make up, of course, the triangle. Mm -hmm. Starting in the southwest point with the town of Rehoboth, then onto the north with the town of Abington, and then the southeast with the town of Freetown. This triangle would, of course, with this large area that it depicts, encompass many towns such as Taunton, Brockton, Raynham, Berkeley, Dighton, Easton, Norton, Mansfield, and of course, Bridgewater. Yep. However, this doesn't mean there isn't paranormal that trickles outside of this triangle, as no one is saying these are strict boundary lines. This isn't a situation of, you know, once you pass the point, you're free from paranormal events. It's like there's just a line drawn on the <laughs> on the pavement that just says, pass this line, ooh, spooky ghost. Like, no, there's none of that. I feel like Massachusetts, <laughs> if they wanted to make, like, a touristy thing, they could totally just, like put a line up and be like Ooh. absolutely i think they should pass this line for ghosts <laughs> modern day investigators insist that some of these hauntings spill into neighboring towns of those such as fall river some parts of rhode island and even stretching down into cape cod which i thought was interesting because that's far there's a lot of given um, where the triangle is cape cod is there's a lot of uh ufo sightings in cape cod makes sense a lot of fucking UFO sightings. The aliens are like, we're bored with them. We're going to Cape Cod. Like, we're going to vacation in the Cape. We'll see you later, babe. Like, a lot of... Because you know how there's a lot of, uh, like, army, like, bases and shit on the Cape? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Otis and shit? Yeah. Um, I haven't talked about Otis in a long time. Anyway, um, <laughs> there's a lot of people who got, like, um, who claim to be, like, have been abducted and shit on the Cape. Hmm. We'll do that as another uh, folk episode. Okay. Stay tuned. Like I said, parts four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, Once our orgy people get back to us, we'll... <laughs> I was like, orgy? I forgot. That was a fever. <laughs> With so many different paranormal events that occur, it's no shock that some of them spill into farther away places. If anything, it should probably be expected. When it comes down to it, some may ask, so where are these hot spots that I so speak of? What kind of things are seen within this geographical area? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Thank you for asking. Um, what, if, what's seen in this geographical area? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you're looking to make a trip around the Bridgewater Triangle... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Your face. You were like... <laughs> <laughs> wow, we now I'm hot. If you're looking to make a trip I'm around... I'm comfortable. <laughs> I can't believe I'm recording today. <laughs> this is my last podcast ever. I bet. If you're looking to make a trip around the Bridgewater Triangle to spice up your autumn evenings this coming Halloween, or just want to give yourself some fun one random night because that's just what you're into. That's just, like such a towny thing, just driving around for fun. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it. Honestly, I have offended. 
<laughs> I have a few places you could check out and what you can expect. These are some of the more popular heart spots around the area that are known for their paranormal events. The first place on this list is King Philip's Cave. I thought you were going to say King Richard's Fair, and I was just going to start screaming. <laughs> I honestly almost started screaming. I was literally, it was on the, it was coming up my throat when I heard King. I literally <laughs> almost started screaming. Can, can we cut this and say that instead? <laughs> the first, the first scary place to visit, King, King Richard's, Richard's Fair. Fair. Where they don't wash their hands. <laughs> you get meat on a stick. And you buy tickets to get drinks. <laughs> Overpriced. <laughs> COVID-19. Gee whiz. Gee fucking whiz. <laughs> so the first place on the list is King Philip's Cave. Not I thought King you were going to say <laughs> I'm sorry, go on. This particular spot is one of the most famous areas within the Bridgewater Triangle and is located in the town of Norton. Back in 1675, Wampanoag leader Metacomet, or Metacom, whose English adopted name is actually King Philip, led a rebellion against the British colonists up until 1678. Did you just say his adopted name? Yeah, essentially, he was just known... From the, Ing- in, the white in the, people. The white people knew him as King Philip, yes. Of course they did. Late in that war... They this- said, that name is too hard for me to pronounce. Your name is Philip. <laughs> <laughs> fucking white people. I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. And you're going to be a king, not a leader. Yeah. Fucking idiots. Sorry, go ahead. Late in that war, this particular cave was one that is said to have been the hiding spot for King Philip until the war would see its end. When paranormal investigators, seasoned or newbies, visit the spot and venture near the cave... They have reported seeing unexplained floating balls of light, which have somehow become known as spook lights. (laughs) Mood. (laughs) Additionally, there are reports of campfires that you can see in the distance, but once you get closer to them, they just disappear and are nowhere. No trace of them are found. And these are known as phantom fires. Lastly, there are reports of inexplicable sounds of drums, which as you can probably guess, are known as phantom drums. Mm -hmm. Another hot spot in the Bridgewater Triangle is that of Easton's Mill Pond. Found on, conveniently enough, Mill Street in Easton, there is a sign that marks the site of the 18th century John Seeley Sawmill. Hmm. This sign in question speaks to Seeley's son, Nathan, who was known at the time to be a wizard, who would use satanic imps to run this mill overnight. You're a wizard, Ari. Oh. <laughs> I'm a what? You're a wizard. <laughs> One record Did of you the... just say... Satanic imps, yes. Okay, 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 okay. You oh, heard yeah. that right. Uh, okay, uh, I thought so. Okay, keep going. One record of the folktale behind the sign goes on to talk about how the belief is the devil himself actually visited Nathan one day. Clearly just out of the blue, like, yo, what's up, Nathan? It seems like... The colonists just thought the devil really cared about Massachusetts. Yeah. They were like, the devil, like, we're really popular. I feel like the devil, the devil like, really, really wants that. to be here. Upon his visit, he, <laughs> the devil, meaning the devil, yeah, 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 would be responsible for providing Nathan with these devilish little creatures and making them do the free labor. I bet so the, the devil, devil came up to say, yo, what up, Nate? Here's some free labor. And then just casually pass him some satanic imps. I bet the devil has a house on the Cape. Probably. <laughs> Probably in Sandwich. Yeah. A nice house on the beach. Probably near the boardwalk. They have the best police cars. You know, I used to get bullied. So my family's from Sandwich. One, my mom's out of the family. Two, I, when I first moved to Wareham, I got bullied 
when people found out I was from Sandwich. Because they used to say that Brianna grew up in a sandwich. So I got bullied for that growing up. <laughs> it's such a weird thing to get bullied about, but... It is a little weird. Yeah. Hmm. Sandwich police. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. Anyway. So some legend speakers actually believe these so-called imps may actually have been... What? Witches. No. Oh. Bitches. No. Oh. Pugwudgies. Yes. <laughs> I was, like, I was like, why are you looking at me? I was like, well, I don't know what word. Because you mentioned them before, so that's why I have it written in here. But just right now, I was like, well, let me ask Brianna. Yeah. I know. I was like, what? Why do you think that I'm going to know the answer? And I was like, wait, wait. Wah! So some Those legend speakers actually creepy. believe that the imps were... Pugwedgies. Pugwedgies. Those things are creepy fucking looking. Now, what are pugwedgies, you may ask? They're creepy fucking looking. Brianna already knows, but you at home may not know, so I'll tell you. I'll tell you. They're creepy fucking looking. They are one of the more popular sightings throughout the Bridgewater Triangle and are part of Native American legends. Fun fact. Wait. Do you have a... That there's a sign that says Pugwedgie Crossing? In no. Massachusetts? Oh. We have a sign somewhere in the triangle that there's like you know how there's like caution like deer crossing signs yeah. or whatever there's a sign in the triangle that says pug wedgie crossing oh i didn't see that that's funny pug wedgies are said to be magical little people from the forests in algonquin folklore and bear a resemblance to european gnomes or fairies you're a fairy hit <laughs> how how well did that work out for you i don't know my okay. mind just Died. My mind, so let me know. <laughs> They're typically described as being knee high or even smaller in height, can be known to have a sweet smell, and have magical powers which can vary depending on which tribe is telling you the legend, but can include the ability to turn invisible, confuse people, or make people forget things, shape shift into dangerous animals, or simply bring harm to someone by a simple stare. Which honestly, go off. I wish I could do that. Honestly, if I like could, the death stare, but like actually, if I could do that, my services would cost uh, five thousand dollars an hour, and I'd be like, "Listen, pay me five thousand dollars an hour, and I will handle all of your misfortune for you." It's the hour for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know how much I could make if I could just handle someone's like vendetta. Like they would pay anything. But I feel like it would take. Less. less than an hour exactly that's why they have to pay five thousand dollars an hour why not just get a flat rate per, per person because i would just take two hours and then there i have 10 g's fair <laughs> overall throughout the different tribes puck can be seen as harmless and enjoy playing tricks on some people but also have been said to carry an evil side and could bring harm to those who disrespect them even going as far as being likely to steal children or commit deadly acts of sabotage. Either way, I know if I saw one of those creatures, I wouldn't be sticking out to figure out which sour or sweet mood that they're in today, and I would just say, see ya. I think if I ever saw one, I would do probably uh, two things. Could you guess what those two things are? Kick it. (laughs) I would, one, probably kick it. (laughs) Or two, I would run it over with my car. Mm. Those are the only two options that I could think of. That's fair. See, when I read that they bring, uh, commit deadly acts of sabotage, I just think of like Home Alone, but like on steroids. I thought you were, when you started whole, I thought you were going to like homicide. I was going like, to be like, yeah. The Pukwudgie follows you home and then you walk up the stairs and suddenly there's just like an axe in your face. Dreams do come true. Yeah. That's where my mind went. 
Anyways, <laughs> following the mill pond, another famous site of hauntings within the circle is found at the Taunton State Hospital. Now, this particular spot is one that I, I've always been obsessed with as a kid since I found out about it. Because I was like, damn, this shit close. And there's a lot that goes on here. I'm intrigued. Is it even open still? No, a lot of it's torn down now. The Taunton State Hospital was a psychiatric hospital located in Taunton, Massachusetts. Good guess. Mm-hmm. And was established in 1854, originally being known as the State Lunatic Hospital at Taunton. I would have never guessed. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> It would stay in operation up until 1975, when the main part of the hospital would be closed and eventually just abandoned altogether. According to the book, Ghosts of the Bridgewater Triangle, written by Christopher Balzano. Columbus. Yep. (laughs) The hospital was known to have used barbaric therapy techniques that saw the likes of patients being submerged in water, keeping them outside in the cold for long periods of time, high voltage electric shocks, and even the terrible procedure of a prefrontal lobotomy. Not to be insensitive, but are we surprised because literally every insane asylum of the time period, they always fucking did shit like that. And it's like, yep. why? Because they didn't know any better. Yeah. Now, like that's such- for insight on what a front prefrontal lobotomy is. Wait, before you get into I a lo- before You don't know what a lobotomy is? What? You don't know what a lobotomy is? No. Hold on, back up. Before you even get into that, it's like, how do they not know any better? They're like, yeah, let me just dunk this person in cold water and put them outside. And let me be shocked when they're sick. People are people from, like, back then are just so stupid. Yep. Okay, you, say you, that can again. On, you can go into a lobotomy now. <laughs> <laughs> For insight, I want... That means, the, you know, the prefrontal lobotomy. Yeah. It was a procedure that became popular in the 1940s by Portuguese scientist Igas Moniz. It was a procedure that aimed to treat those with mental illnesses that did not respond to standard treatments. Some conditions they performed this on were patients dealing with OCD, severe depressive illness, psychosis, schizophrenia, manic depressive psychosis, chronic neurosis, and psychopathic personality. The lobotomy disrupts the connections between the frontal cortex and the rest of the brain, particularly the thalamus. It was believed that in doing this, it would reduce the abnormal stimuli reaching the frontal area, which these stimuli were the ones thought to be causing the impulsive and violent behavior seen in the patients. The procedure would, in the end, make the patients calm and docile and able to go live with their family, just like before. But just exactly how they achieved this result and did the procedure, I'll spare you from, but most times it involved an ice pick at first, and I'll just leave you with that. It's extremely barbaric. It is. So now I can cycle back to the Taunton Hospital. Jesus Christ. Uh, the hospital actually saw some notable patients in its time, which included Anthony Santo. Who's that? He was, great question, oh. an Italian-American <laughs> that saw himself being affected mentally by scarlet fever and experiencing hallucinations, which ended up leading him to committing and confessing to murdering two of his cousins and a six-year-old girl. All by luring them into the woods and killing them with a knife and stoning them to death. What the fuck? Additionally, another notable patient was that of Honora Jolly Jane Toppin. Who's that? She, great question again. <laughs> a nurse who would go on to confess to at least 31 murders following Hello? her arrest in 1901. 31? She was known to do painful experiments with patients and even known for killing her own landlord, 
foster sister, and four elderly members of a family that she worked for as a nurse. Oh, wait. I know that story. Okay, okay. Enough of the history. <laughs> when it comes to the Taunton Hospital, you can imagine the information I just told you. That ghosts are just fucking running here. They're, They're running rampant. They're spooky. They can't be tamed, as the great Miley Cyrus once said. That wasn't in my notes. You're welcome. One of the buildings, the Goss I building. Hate you so much. I know. <laughs> One of the buildings, the Goss building to be exact, Ugh. is known to be home to the ghost of a man in white that appears on the third floor, in addition to a slew of other spirits. On the surrounding grounds of the building, people have reported seeing the ghost of an elderly man who walks along the grass. Just out for a stroll, I guess. If you happen to be in the area at night, it's said you can hear banging, screams, and moans that seem to come from the woods behind the hospital. If you ask which me, it sounds cause like someone's typical just having a good time. <laughs> Wait, Honestly, no, go to actually, any woods in Taunton and you'll hear That's that. actually really fucking sad because you just said that guy brought people in the woods and stabbed them and stoned them to death. That's actually really fucking sad. Yeah, you dummy. That's <laughs> actually really fucking sad. I just wanted to throw a top. I love how we both were just like, wait a second. And then I was like, wait a second. (laughs) Additionally, people have even reported seeing hazes or shadows in the shape of people that can appear both inside and outside of the hospital. Is it lavender haze? No. Lastly, there have been reports of even cult activity on the premises with the hospital's patients and staff, with stories revolving around this being composed of strange markings in the basements to even suicide in the name of the devil himself. Hmm. Although today, a lot of this hospital, like I mentioned earlier, if not most of it, has met its fate in the name of fires or demolition, but that does not mean the ghosts that lived there once just happened to go with it. You know what my question is about that? That means they're probably still there. You know, my question is regarding that. What? <laughs> it's like residual hauntings. Like, you know how that means like the energy just stays and like repeats itself. Mm-hmm. If a building gets like knocked down or burned down, does that mean that the ghost is just like walking in the sky because it thinks it's on the third floor? Probably. Imagine. You just see <laughs> you look up. You think the ghost is just floating and uh, homie's just walking on the third floor? That's why a lot of times like ghosts <clears throat> walk through walls because like there used to be like a doorway there or something like that. Or like they like walk up. Yeah. Imaginary stairs because there's a staircase there. But like. That's when the house is still there. So, like, what if the house isn't there or the building, per se? Then you'll just see it floating. Someone like, hey. someone email Zach Bagans and ask him. <laughs> not me, though. No, nah, not me either. So, adding on to our Bridgewater Triangle hotspot list, we find more paranormal findings in the Mayflower Hill Cemetery. Mayflower. This happens to be one of the more famous cemeteries located within the Triangle's perimeters and happen to also be found in Taunton. April showers bring, bring May flowers. flowers. What do May flowers bring? Sadness. Pilgrims. Oh. <laughs> Within this cemetery, you mm-hmm. can find a rather unusual grave. Legends surrounding this grave have grown throughout the decades because it is a grave that depicts an empty rocking chair. What? Some legends say a little girl died after falling over backwards in the chair, while others say she died in a fire while sitting in a chair that she was instructed not to leave. Although when digging into historical records, it can be found that the grave belongs to a four-year-old girl named Pearl French. Do you mean like she was sitting in the chair and the chair caught on fire? Yeah, like the house was on fire, but she was told to sit in a chair and the house got fire and she was told not to move and so it just burned by. She unfortunately 
passed away on March 26, 1882 due to spinal meningitis. The family's choice to go with a rocking chair as the grave marker could be linked to a popular poem about the heartbreak of a childhood mortality entitled The Vacant Chair. Mm. Her gravestone does feature the phrase, her vacant chair, Mm -hmm. on the front. However, this doesn't stop the supposed sighting of a little girl that can be seen hanging on or around the chair. In addition to the apparition, there have also been reports of orbs of light that fly around the area as well. So Pearl's just like, I ain't dead. She's like, this is my chair. This is my fucking chair. This is my fucking chair. And I'm gonna fucking sit in it and I'm gonna She's like, this is a really fucking nice chair. This is my fucking chair. So enough about ghost girls. Do you remember my stories about King Philip and his cave? From the very beginning? Yeah. King Richard's Fair. Yeah. King Richard's Fair? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Well, if you want <laughs> Tell more... Tell me why I literally was like, what episode was that? <laughs> well, if you want more King Philip histories and ghosts, you can head over to the town of Rehoboth and hang out at Anawan Rock. This is another location tied to King Philip's War, and the story is said to be this. On August 28th of 1676, Captain Benjamin Church and his men captured Anawan the war chief of the Pocasa people and chief captain of King Philip. However, by this time, King Philip had already been captured and killed, so the capturing of Anawan is marked as the final event of King Philip's war. If you happen to go and visit this area of Anawan Rock, you can expect to see phantom fires, hear more phantom drums, and see those same spook lights we talked about earlier. As an additional bonus, some have said to have even seen full-bodied apparitions around this rock. This area, being connected to King Philip's War, is said to be the reason why we are seeing the same kind of paranormal events here that can supposedly be seen by King Philip's Cave. Mm. Crazy. Two spots haunted by the same ghosts. We love that. <laughs> Two totally... Like, Norn and Rehoboth just aren't even that close. I have. I can honestly tell you, I have no fucking idea where either of those towns were located. Oh. Got it. I well, just know that... We were just in Norton earlier. I know that, yeah. And then Rehoboth is practically 10 minutes down the road. I know where, like, Dighton Rehoboth is, because I've been to that school before, but that's it. Yeah, that area. Yeah, yeah. If phantom fires and drums aren't your thing, then how about a red-headed hitchhiker? Nope. Hmm. <laughs> so, it is reported that if you take yourself on a drive near the Rehoboth... Near the Rehoboth... <laughs> see- Shut up. If you take yourself on a drive near the Rehoboth Seekonk line on Route 44 you may have quite the encounter. A red-headed man, usually wearing red flannel and blue jeans, is reported to be seen in this area after dark. He is sometimes reported as having been seen on the side of the road, but also some have only managed to see him as a reflection on their windshield. What does that mean? (laughs) Great question. Like, do you get what I'm saying? They're driving at night. And they, do they see him on the side of the road? What do they mean they only see him as a reflection on their windshield? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what the fuck does they, what do they mean? He's only a reflection on their windshield. What does that mean? It's that, it's that Jennifer Lawrence mean when it's like, what do you mean? <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> How, what does that even My mean? My guess is just reflection in the mirror as opposed to windshield. Oh, okay. I was going to say, 
that doesn't fucking make sense. So it's like they drive past. Yeah. Some people see him on the road. Some people just look behind and they see him. And then all of a sudden he's there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was going to (laughs) say. What do you mean? (laughs) No, I'm just thinking of Jennifer Lawrence saying that. I thought you were looking up at me like that because I'm being stupid. I was like, no, No. I know what the fuck I mean. While not much is known about the origins of this redheaded man, it can be just intriguing enough to go try to find him yourself. And who knows? Maybe you can finally be the one to find out his life story. I would never let that man in my car. I have a true crime podcast. He's going to slip my throat. (laughs) (laughs) So the second to last destination on my list for the Bridgewater Triangle finds us at the Freetown Ledge or the Freetown State Forest. Do you know anything about this forest? Because I did going into this, but I don't know how much you know about it. Not really. I just know that it's in the triangle. The only thing I really know about the triangle is the Pugwudgie. (laughs) <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so known as the cursed forest of Massachusetts, hiding behind the beauty of forest and wilderness lies an incredibly dark reputation and history. While the forest has its reputation for the unexplained, it is also home to multiple documented crimes and tragedies. Starting in November of 1978, the corpse of Mary Lou Aruda was found just casually tied to a tree. I'm a liar. I did know this. Oh, look at you. Yeah. She, at the time, was a local 15-year-old girl that had recently been abducted from the nearby town of Rainham, only about two months prior to her being found in the forest. Additionally, in 1980, police were investigating a murder near the forest when they were approached by a number of locals who claimed to have witnessed satanic cult activity within the woods. When police would go to investigate, there were findings of suspicious clearings that were stained with animal blood as well as curiously arranged carcasses of cattle, which naturally only led to more rumors of virtual sacrifice within the forest. It's too bad the devil has a house on a cave. I don't know how I'd feel about that. Like, if I went into a forest and I... you, I With this, I picture, like, longer grass, but then there's obviously, like, the path, like, mowed over, and mm-hmm. there's just, like, big stains of blood throughout that path. Like, that would I just... I can't tell you how much I would mind my own fucking business. Yeah, that too. I would see that and be like, yeah, I'm just going to walk the other way. I would... I get it, like, they're reporting it, but I would quite literally mind my own fucking business. Like, I would report it, but I wouldn't fucking, like, I wouldn't go anywhere else. Go investigate yourself. I would just, like, see blood, and I would call the cops, like, hey, there's blood over there. I don't know what the fuck else is over there. That's your job. I'm minding my fucking business. <laughs> like I'm staying in my lane, and yeah, that, that is not my lane. That is your business. I have nothing to do with that. That's all you, boo-boo. Like, I'm minding my fucking business. That's always a problem in, like, scary movies, too, like, with paranormal shit. Like, people are always like, oh, we have to help. No, you don't. Mm-mm. You really don't. There's people for that. You Exactly. Mind your fucking business. Right. <laughs> so the Freetown Forest following this would go on to record three more murders under its belt. One in 1987 when a homeless man was somehow mistaken for an undercover police officer and was killed. And another... Well, two others, technically. In 2001, when two men were found covered in bullet holes on Bell Rock Road, which is a road that winds through the forest. Mm. Additionally, aside from the murders, there are reports of numerous assaults that occurred along the perimeter of the forest as well. To me, it's one thing to hear about an area or place being haunted, because we know how much I believe in ghosts, uh, without much real reported crime tragedy happening there. But it's another to have an area like this that is known to have so much bad and ugly happenings that actually took place that makes it that much scarier to me. Because mm. it's, like I said, it's one thing to like be like, oh, this place is haunted and be like, whatever. But knowing shit like that's gone down, that just makes my... Ugh. My question is, is that 
There's obviously, like, places in Massachusetts where, like, we as locals know, like, you just, like, don't hang out in certain areas. Like, Brockton, for example. Oh, oh. So is that, like, one of those areas? Like, that town-ish area? Is that, like, one of those towns? I don't ever regard... I don't ever remember Freetown being, like, one of Mm. those, no. I love how Brockton was the example. You knew exactly what I meant by that. (laughs) I grew up there. I understand. I understand the happenings. So, which, speaking of hauntings and the paranormal and everything, odd. Mm -hmm. Some more strange and bizarre happenings have been reported within the trees of this forest. In 2006, there were reports of roving and aggressive dogs plaguing the area with no real rhyme or reason to why they were there or where they even came from. So just a pack of dogs just roaming the woods, aggressive as hell, for no reason. Puppies! No idea where they... Nope. <laughs> Within that same year, there is even a report of an escaped emu that was spotted wandering around and rushing at visitors. Isn't that a bird? Yes. It's like... It's not... like an ostrich. Yeah, I was but... going to say. What the... Where did it so come from? It was just like casually... the zoo? Right. Just casually running around and terrorizing people. Scary is there even and... a zoo by there? I don't think so. What the fuck? <laughs> so scary they enough. They didn't have animal control? <laughs> no. Scary enough. And this is actually. This story is. Oof. Okay. Sorry. This story just makes me cringe and you don't know why. Okay. So scary enough. As recent as seven years ago in May of 2016, there were wires stretched across paths throughout the woods oh. that were very popular to take. No. <gasps> However, bikes. the reason Shut for up. these wires were quite sinister as their purpose was to catch off-roading motorbike riders by surprise, and this wire would have found their neck instantly, most likely decapitating them. I already knew. Why did I already know that? Because it was a huge thing. I knew of that. I knew. I remember that. That was that was a huge mm. thing in 2016. Maybe that's why I knew that. I was going to say. Because it's just like. That's why I that, As soon as the, you started like cringing, I was like, Who in their who why <laughs> people are fucking crazy i i don't even want to be no thanks i'm just gonna move on when it comes to more of the that's why when i said like people go hiking for fun like this is like a number one reason of yeah why but I if i found a why i'm not going to decapitate decapitate myself but like not... that's what i'm saying though is like you don't know what is going on in the woods and people just be going on in the woods just for fun for funsies like and like you could literally just be walking and like you're just like walking on a trail and there could just be like a pile of leaves or whatever and you could just walk and it's like bear trap boom your ankle gone. Hmm. I hope I ruin hiking for you and you never go again. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. <laughs> when it comes to more of the unexplained, the forest has its own spooky reputation as well. The woods have apparently been home to blood sacrifices, UFO sightings, ghosts and apparitions, mysterious orbs of lights. Strange strange disappearances, giant snakes, poltergeist activity, and even some rumored abductions. Giant snakes. There have even been reports of those dang pugwudgies we even talked about earlier that have been seen stalking through the woods. The most reputable claim, if you will, comes from President Ronald Reagan himself. (laughs) <laughs> who claims to have seen strange lights in the sky when he was within these forests. You know it's true if fucking Ronald Reagan said it. Right. Overall, many believe these woods are home to some dark and sinister energy 
energy that is even believed to drive some to suicide. In particular, there is a sonnet ledge, which some have reported before visiting have never had any thoughts of suicide or any dark thoughts of the kind, but once they found themselves on that ledge, suddenly they would get the thought of just throwing themselves over. Regardless of beliefs, it is easy to say, even just by going by the real-life events that have happened and the crimes committed, the Freetown State Forest is by far one of the more, if not the most, sinister places within the Bridgewater Triangle. Imagine just, like, pulling up to a ledge and be like, yeah, I want to jump off that. I can, but can you? You know that I can. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't say anything. I, I know, know that Lauren. I was setting you up. For I that. know that Lauren's not listening, but I'm, you know. <laughs> I knew that was going to be so. I just wanted to book. That's why Isn't I was in fun? dead silence. I was like, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> not giving into it. Okay, okay, okay. Now you're trying okay, to okay. bait me to say. Debated. <laughs> so last but not least, I have saved easily the best for last when it comes to hot spots of the Bridgewater Triangle. Located within the epicenter of this, you know, triangle. Epicenter. It's a funny word. Lies a 17,000 acre of densely wooded wetlands that is known as the Hockamock Swamp. Hockamock. Hockamock. (gasps) I know about this. It is a massive wooded area that features some of the most compelling paranormal stories. The Hockamock Swamp stretches into the towns of Bridgewater, West Bridgewater, Raynham, Easton, Taunton, and Norton. You know what I hate about living in Massachusetts? That there's an west, east, and regular Bridgewater? Yes, that. Um, that. I also hate that there's like 12 towns that have the word ham in them. I also hate that there's a million words that have just like Easton, Weston, Westwood, Eastwood. It's just... <laughs> Clint? It's just so fucking stupid. It's just, you just keep saying all these towns that have very similar names that it's just so fucking stupid. <laughs> I just felt the need to put that out there for all the listeners, especially our international listeners. Just know as a local, I also think it's fucking stupid. Thank you. I'm sorry, Paul. You can <laughs> Thank you. you that's it. <laughs> While it's a site of lots of spooky and paranormal, the Hockamock Swamp plays a huge role in Native American history, which could explain why it is such a hotspot that is known as today. Mm-hmm. It actually brings us back to our old friend... The King Philip's War. This area was a great place for the natives to stage a counteroffensive, and as we talked about before, hide if needed from mm-hmm. the British. Today, the Hockamock Swamp is home to over a thousand known graves that are well over eight thousand years old. But also, another fun fact: Did you know the word Hockamock is actually a word of the Algonquin native tribe that translates to "place where spirits dwell"? Yes. Which may make you ask, what kind of spirits? I'm glad you asked. What kind of spirits? I'm glad you asked. Glad. (laughs) In this area, you're going to encounter just about everything you can think of in terms of paranormal, including some we've already talked about. There have been reports and sightings of phantom fires, phantom drums, puck wudgies, UFOs, strange lights in the sky, Bigfoot, cult activity, full-bodied apparitions, spook lights... (laughs) And so much more. Can you stop saying spook lights? Nope. Additionally, Hockamock Swamp is a popular place for cryptozoologists to roam. And if you asked what a cryptozoologist... What's a cryptozoologist? What's a cryptozoologist? <laughs> yeah. Cryptozoologist? Oh, I thought that's what you said. No! 
So if you asked, what is a cryptozoologist? I bet it's somebody who, stu- who studies uh, cryptids. They are the ones who studied the existence of cryptic animals. <laughs> cryptic animals? In Hakamak Swamp? You betcha. Yeah. Cryptic animals. <laughs> yeah. Cryptic animals to the like of ape-like bipeds, enormous birds, bipeds. snakes the size of stovepipes, giant cacks. Cacks? <laughs> giant cats and even ravenous red-eyed dogs. Which, personally, I've heard a lot about those throughout just, like, people telling me stories about Hockamock Swamp. Mm-hmm. Like, the red-eyed dogs are ones that I hear of frequently. This is the swamp that um, they think, like, the devil lives Get in. Get out me, it? swamp. Huh? <laughs> this is the swamp that the native Indians, like, believe that the devil lived in, wasn't it? Basically. And, like, the dogs they think are, like, the hellhounds, basically. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's it. So, oh yes. I don't know if you're going to get into that, but I'm just no. clarifying. But instead of hearing about these so-called reports, why don't I spice it up with some close and dear stories that come from yours truly, as well as from our bestie of the show, Zach. Hell yeah. So yeah, so, so this yeah. is a place that I have personally visited and had encounters with. And Zach, who we talked about before, Great bestie of the show. Hi, Zach. Um, has also had experiences here, and I'm going to tell you about both of them. It's funny because I was telling Jocelyn that I was going to do Hug Mock Swamp and mm-hmm. Bridgewater Triangle, and she's like, you have to talk to Zach. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> she's like, you can't record without talking to Zach. Yeah, right. And um, thankfully, Zach texted me his, so I don't have to regurgitate and potentially fuck up his story. So I'm going to read it straight from the horse... Horse's mouth? Yes. That that's, yeah. that's the term. Correct. Thank you. So, when it comes to the Bridgewater Triangle... So, let me set up the scene first. Setting up. So, as I said, the Hockamock Swamp is a very large area. You could enter from a lot of different places. But Zach and I specifically... And coincidentally, had experiences in the same area, which is Was near... it at the same time or was it at different times? Different times. Um, this was also years ago. Mm. But it's by the Raynham Taunton dog track. Mm. And this dog track they used for, you know, dog racing and betting. But in 2009, they got shut down because we voted for them to stop that because dogs deserve... A better life than to be used for racing and then euthanized. So yeah, now they just do simulcasting of it, which huh, losers. Anyways, so the Raynham Dog Track area of the swamp is one of the more popular places where a lot of things will happen. So he conveniently had this experience on across the street mm-hmm. where I had it behind the dog track. Oh, okay. So, similar areas, but also across the street from each other, which I just thought was interesting in itself. Yeah. Um, So, Zach, when I asked Zach about it, this is what he said, and this is all straight from the text, so. Yep. (laughs) He says, so when you Google the Bridgewater Triangle, you read about Native American slaughter, essentially, as we talked about. Native American curses, creatures, missing persons, sacrificing, people going in and never seen again, but most importantly, erratic orbs of light. Can we just talk about how, like, Zach is, like, sitting in the scene? Like, Zach, hold right. on. Do you want to be on the pod? Yeah, like- right. <laughs> <laughs> I should have just had him here as, like, a, a Yeah, just come be, like, a guest host one I day. I should have him, like, voice record, and we should... No, it sounds like too much work. <laughs> so, 
East goes on to say, I didn't know until recently, but those orbs of light are apparently from a Native American cursed deity named the Pugwachi. <gasps> Pugwachi! And it uses those <laughs> orbs of light to lure you in and kill you. And he did like the little... <laughs> <laughs> the little like rock. Yeah, the little like rock on sign. He says, I went to the Bridgewater Triangle at an entrance to a long straight path in Raynham by the dog track that I was told goes straight into the middle to the Hockamock Swamp. And then he goes on to say, Hockamock is also rough translation for where the spirits dwell. Mm. This man really set it up for me. Yeah, so like, Zach can be on the podcast. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> he, can, he knows how to do his, he can hang his notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we went there at midnight dressed in all black, no flashlights or anything. Wait, which... wait, so it seems like he clearly went there with the full intentions of having some kind of parallel experience. Yeah, okay. which is the same thing I did too. Okay, okay, just make it Start, sure. But I at least went in with flashlights. He okay. said, we're going in raw. He's raw I said, could it. not be me. Raw dogging it. <laughs> Started on the trail and had been walking for a while, and we saw these little red orbs of light that were never in the same spot, never the same brightness, and they never got closer no matter how far in we walked. So after dealing with that for some time, the weather got windy and we noticed a huge bright orange light turned out of the woods like a car onto a road at night. Only there were no sound, there was no vehicle access to this trail, and it came right for us. So we started running back towards the car as fast as we could and it started to gain on us and get coarse. So we all jumped into the bushes and hid and then it just disappeared. What the fuck? And we gave it some time, but a suspicious group of people walked by us on the trail while we were in the bushes. So we gave it some time and let them leave. And we sprinted back to the car as fast as we could. Never been back since. And I asked him to clarify the groups of people that he saw. I was Mm -hmm. like, were they not making like what? What alerted you to these people? And he essentially was saying that they were just acting strange. They weren't really talking much. And if I remember correctly, there was kind of like one in the front and the rest were following Mm -hmm. behind. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that just sounds like man being brought to sacrifice sort of deal. Because that's what I picture. Like if you picture in a story, like a horror movie, that it's like a group of people bringing like a sacrifice up to somewhere. Yeah. The sacrificee is going to be in the front with yeah. everyone falling behind. Yeah. And that's essentially the picture he painted for me around that. Or even just like, um, it could be that or even just like if the way that you were describing that, what I got out of that group of people was that like, especially with that, the light that was like gaining on them mm-hmm. or like looking for them, those people could have been like looking for them because that light was looking for them so like that group people could have been looking for them well i think i remember too that these people didn't have flashlights or anything either yeah so that group people could have been looking for them in a sense of like they were from the swamp like they were like entities of the swamp they were the swamp people if you get what if yeah no i I understand what you're saying yeah yeah (laughs) so like it could have been like that orb of light was trying to track them down and then they hid yeah and then the so they they manifested like, into yeah. like people. So if it's or whatever. like the person that's in the front was could have been like the leader of the group or like the, the right. chief or whatever, and then the people in the back were like mm-hmm. just like whatever, and they were just trying to like track yeah. them where they were. That's so essentially, yeah. Zach was in these woods. He was getting. They saw these lights, and then one was coming towards them. They tried running away. Realized they couldn't really get away, so they dunked into yeah. bushes, let the light pass. The light disappeared, and then suddenly there were people walking by. Regardless, it's crazy the fact that like people just appeared out anywhere because like being in a swamp. I mean, granted, swamps are kind of loud, like with just like the like the crickets and whatever. But like, you would still hear other people in there. Like, yeah, you would easily hear. And people. I get it's popular, but 
he's out at midnight. Yeah. And then these people also aren't really making a noise. Because I can tell you when we were out in the woods, we were talking, laughing. We were doing, Mm -hmm. we were having conversation and these people just weren't. Yeah. So it's like, that's also strange as well. And you would easily like hear like walking if they were like, you would hear them walking on something. Like you would hear like twigs, anything like you could hear something like that's just weird. There was just no sound. I don't know. That is a weird story. Yeah. And then for my story, we take you across the street. Okay. So it's funny because on, when you go to the dog track, it's obviously the huge building. It's a massive parking lot. Mm -hmm. And then (laughs) towards the back where we went, there's like a little house. And I don't know if that's like the security guard's house or whatever, but we would always just like sneak past it. And there were people actively, there was like someone actively in there because there we would see like TVs and stuff on in there. Mm-hmm. So we didn't know what the fuck this house was. But we, we figured it was like a security kind of thing. And we we're just like, so obviously we were fucking tiptoed past it. And then if you kept going on this road, towards the left was actually the the pound. That's where they would have kept the dogs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And to the right, there was a, a path. And similar to what Zach was saying was this path was just sh- dead on straight. Mm-hmm. That w- That's the only way it goes, just straight. And it's crazy because it would just look like the ongoing just like tunnel. Like it j- there's just never, it was always just black and it just always looked like you were getting funneled into just like this darkness. path. So it was, yeah, it was, it was interesting in that sense. But um, the biggest thing to note too is every time we went down this trail there would always be like bad juju and someone would always get in a fight or get mang- angry, get mad. Kind of like something was like making you feel that way. Yeah, because we would go into this having fun, laughing, whatever. But sometime during our easily like mile or two walk mm-hmm. down this fucking trail, someone would always be getting pissed or mad. Mm-hmm. And it, it happened every single time. So it Which was makes strange sense, especially to... because like from what the natives went through, of course... Of course, the land is going to have that juju with it. Of course, it, that yeah. definitely makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, during this particular night, this was actually the last time we went down this trail because I wanted to go back some. <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to now, but uh, it was Paul just... The, Paul the fucking skeptic yeah. is like... So this mm. group this group would be like four, five, six of us, and mm-hmm. we would all just go. Mainly, we were going because, you know, to see if we can catch anything into just for fun and kill some time. And most times we did it, nothing ever happened. More or less, we would never make it to the end of the path because it was so long. We're like, we're bored and we would just turn around. Yeah, and then plus if you start getting like mad, you're not going to want to keep. Exactly. Um, But this specific time we were walking down this trail and we finally got to an area. It was uh, a big open area that essentially had like the power lines running the other way. Mm -hmm. So we were walking the path and then cross it were just power lines and it was just a big open area. You could obviously keep going straight down another path, but we never did. Um, but I remember we finally made it to this area. We were sitting on like a big rock and just like kind of gathered around hanging out before we just walked back. And then we heard some sort of animal noise kind of in the distance. Oh my God, I fucking hate that. I, to this day, can't tell you what animal it was. Did not sound like an owl. Did not sound, didn't sound like anything we knew. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, oh, interesting. And so we just sat there and listened, and we kept hearing it. But what we finally noticed is this motherfucker was getting closer. Slowly but surely, every time we heard it, it was getting closer and closer and closer to where we were. To the point where it got pretty loud, and we said, yeah, that's enough. And we fucking booked it out of that trail and 
have not been back since. Refuse to go back. I have because it would be one thing if I knew what the animal was, but it did not sound like anything. Yeah, that would be local to here. So I know that you hate when I talk about flesh runners, but just for the sole purpose that like that being Native American land, obviously it was like so long ago. Yeah. But, like the thing about like flesh runners, can you just say what they are so people? Skinwalkers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thing about flesh runners. Um. First of all, it's like if you heard it, no, you didn't. If you see anything, no, you didn't. Like, that's just how it goes. Yeah. So especially being on those lands, if you heard it, no, you didn't. It's like you would just act like you didn't hear anything. Yeah. And then if it sounds like it's far away, it's actually really fucking close to you. So like when you were, if, if that's what the animal was, because like nine times on 10, if you hear an animal and it doesn't sound like an actual animal, it's a flesh runner. Yeah. This did not sound like an animal. That's probably what it was. I mean, I'm saying it could, like, that could be what it was, especially being on like the Native American lands. Um, So like. It being far away, it was probably, like, right next to you. And so you guys, like, just stopping and, like, not doing anything made it, like, move away from you. Because it was like, oh, they're not reacting. But if you were like, oh, what's that? It would have been like, oh, bet. It's acknowledging that I'm right here. I'm gonna... Yeah, I mean, we did do a little bit of, like, a huh? And but... then just, like, sat there and listened. But we didn't, like, make a big thing out of it. Yeah, but... So ain't that some shit? We are just like, oh, shit, this is getting closer. And so we ran and probably just... But yeah, but when going it sounds like it. it's... Getting... <laughs> but the, but the, it's like a thing where it sounds like if it's getting closer, it's actually further away from you interesting yeah yeah i mean during our walks too we would always hear things like in the i plan woods. on doing a whole coverage thing on flesh runners so nice i'll give you a whole thing on that yeah. but like i have to first of all do the research on it and then the whole case i'm gonna be like oh this is flesh runner paul what is it and i'm gonna make you like, yeah, say right. the actual word <laughs> so i mean yeah every time we would do this walk we'd obviously hear like things in the woods and like things yeah. rustling and stuff i mean that could easily just be small animals we don't see but truly um realistically i think you're so stupid <laughs> i think it's just because like i have native Ma- like native american background but like mm-hmm. i just don't fuck with native american shit like that because it's so serious that's fair i mean i it's like funny. if there's one pair if there's one like bit of paranormal shit that you should believe in it's the native american stuff because they don't fuck around they like it's so natural and like with earthly energies mm-hmm. it's the one bit you shouldn't fuck with which is like the native american yeah which shit. is fair <laughs> And it's funny, too, because some of these walks I've recorded, but essentially, like, I would just put my phone, I just have my phone hit record and then just, like, walk and, Mm -hmm. like, because it's dark as fuck, you can't see shit. And for whatever reason, I thought it would be fun to post these clips of us just fucking talking shit while walking through the woods Mm -hmm. on YouTube. So you could potentially find that if you weren't looking for it. I couldn't tell you how to find it now, but... um, and those that's when i experienced my first hate comments because people were like this video is shit like what the fuck are you doing like where's the light cameraman yeah right right, right. <laughs> but at the time i was like i mean some of the conversation was just funny because that is just... such like a 2000 like an early 2000s thing to do it is yeah yeah <laughs> uh but the conversation was just so funny because we were just shooting the shit while walking this fucking seemingly endless trail uh so yeah if you ever come across a black video which is a bunch of people talking with some spritz of light every so often on youtube about hawk mock swamp that's probably for me back before isn't that odd was even a, a twinkle in paul's eye correct <laughs> um, he was already making content look at him right getting didn't, the even, views didn't up. even know <laughs> now i'm curious to find it after this um post it to my yeah. channel <laughs> <laughs> i could but yeah that uh that is my experience and zach's experience at the hawk mock swamp so i'm curious is like if you've you so you've had some kind of experience like with paranormal so why don't you really like believe in it then if you've had these experiences well because that experience i just tell myself it's an animal i 
Because I didn't never saw what it was. Hmm. But so you said, you I said, logically can't rule out. But you already said it didn't really sound like an animal. It's like you're already planting a seed of doubt in your own brain. I yes. feel like, but I feel like you want to believe that it's something else, but you just can't logically I do. put yourself there. I want to believe it's something else, but until I actually fully see it. Are you scared have... to believe that it's something else? No. I'm not trying to like. No. I'm just like, it's an actual question. No, because for me to believe it, I need to, it's one of those things where I really need to see it mm. to believe it. Hearing it, sure, that's like, that can start casting the doubt in my head, like, that maybe is something unearthly, but... Well, let me just just say, stop fucking around with the Native American shit, because that's the one shit you don't want to fuck around with, because, like, that is most... Or is that the shit I want to fuck around with if I want to see something? No, because, like, that is, like, the one shit where it's, like, there's the, like, the the energies and, like, magic, if you want to put the, that term on there, is, like... The stuff they practice is, like, so pure in the earth. And when, like, they're wronged, like, how they were when, like, the settlers came here and the colonists and, like, the English and whatever yeah. you want to call them. Just how wronged they were. Like, especially when we're talking about, like, how we were, like, especially <laughs> especially when I was talking about, like, the Roanoke episode. Like, how, mm-hmm. um, like, their chief was just, like, slaughtered for no good reason. And then, like, all that stuff happened to them. Like, shit like that. And then they put curses on land because, like, there was no good reason for that to happen to them. Mm-hmm. That's when shit gets serious. And, like those lands would be cursed for like years to come so it's like shit like that that you don't fuck with so it's like yeah, that's true. why like hockamock swank huh swank I, I know that was a fucking tongue twister but like that swamp is probably really fucking cursed and that's like oh yeah all those bones that are under there that shit if that ever gets like unearthed no that'll literally be pandora's box well yeah there's there's literally a thousand known graves throughout the yeah. swamp that are easily eight thousand plus years old that yeah. i talked about that so is like, literally probably like that'll literally be Pandora's box that ever gets yeah. like done, done over. That's I'm crazy. willing to test it. This whole state though is like one giant Indian graveyard mm-hmm. because it's such. This is just the fucking climate of our state. Yep. Yeah. I'm gonna love it. Mm. Um, but yeah, if you have had any experiences at Hockmock Swamp or within <laughs> the Triangle, <laughs> let us know. Yeah. And I hope you enjoyed our little history lesson and our little folky lore, yeah. Taylor's version. That is <laughs> That marks, my personal story marks the end of Mass Folklore Part 1. Part 2 will be coming for Brianna's part. Stay um, tuned, besties. Stay tuned. It's coming. <laughs> We're recording it after this, so don't literally, worry. It's, it's, it's literally gonna, it's coming. In, it's ready to go. We um, just, it's, it'll get released when it gets released. <laughs> yeah. But you don't have to listen to mine to be able to listen to hers, so... Yeah. If you listen to this one after hers comes out, it's no big deal. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, so that's all. You can follow us on our Instagram, maybe Twitter, and Facebook (laughs) at Isn't That Odd Pod, and our Facebook at Isn't That Odd Podcast. Um, You can email us at Isn't That Odd Podcast at gmail.com. And. What else, Paul? Yeah, if you have any recommendations (laughs) for any stories you want us to talk about, true crime, conspiracy, paranormal, you can find the Google form in our show notes, wherever you can find them, because we have it everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also, like I said before, if you have had any personal events when it comes to anything Bridgewater Triangle-y, Hawkmock Swamp, something like that, also let us know. Uh, Connect with us on the socials or whatever. Whatever you want to do. Go like our podcast. Give us five stars. Tell us we're beautiful. Tell us all your mass folklore recommendations. Yeah, let us know. So we can do more parts. Let us know. Add to that orgy, baby. (gasps) So without 
that. Further Adamadu. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode. <laughs> we'll get you next week on another episode of this uh, podcast. And until then, <laughs> peace out, homie. Bye. <laughs>